0: Welcome back into another edition of The Owen Show, episode 9. I am your host, Owen Burke, joined as always by Tim Hunt. Tim, how are we feeling? Week 9?
1: Week 9 was fun uh, in a brand new studio. Owen bought a brand new studio
0: for us. Oh yes, luxury. Super exciting. Boxes still not fully unpacked. Pizza crust on the side tables. Same, We're Same couches as before, yeah. so not
1: much has changed, right?
0: We're in ready to go.
1: Yep.
0: Ceiling fans installed. It's nice and cool in here. I don't have to sweat during the show anymore. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock and roll. So, two fan questions this week to start us off. Our first one comes from my buddy, Kellen. He's a... Very devout listener to the show. Obviously, he has a question for us just about every week. We may have to give him his own section where he gives us a question. Gives us a question every week. I think he's on three, if not four weeks in a row now with a question. So his question this week is, uh, the Titans just beat the Rams without Derrick Henry this last week. Are they legitimate contenders now? If not, how many more tests do the Titans need to pass before we consider them legitimate contenders again? This is tough because, um, obviously, they've been a team that's kind of teetered on the edge. Week in, week out, it's been like, they looked really good. This is a team that could really make a push. And then the next week, I'm like, this team might not make the playoffs. So it's very hard to try to like decide going into yeah. this. But when you look at their schedule as of late – They're currently on a five-game win streak, beating the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Rams. Now, preseason, obviously, that looks a lot more impressive. Um, But the Chiefs' fall from grace makes that that win a little less interesting. And it's not the toughest schedule, really, going forward. Yeah. Saints, Texans,
1: Patriots, Jags, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins, Texans. There's, like, two teams that are in contention, three teams in contention for playoffs out of those
0: teams remaining. So. So it's it's not really a question of when do they. I think, I I, I think they were contenders just because of where they were sitting at. It's right. kind of hard to be six and two and with the second team of your division being what three and five at the time, maybe maybe three and four, for you to not be considered a contender at that point. Because you obviously you've pretty well got a playoff spot locked up at that point. So. There's not going to be a game, I think, because there's not a big test. The Buccaneers aren't on this list anywhere. I don't see a Cardinals matchup here in the future. You know, there's there's not a huge test for them going forward. Um, the Saints may be a gritty week for them.
1: Yeah, Saints-Patriots I, th- I don't think are going to be blowover games. I mean, it's, it's so hard to say how legit this team is just because the way they win – I mean, they got a defensive touchdown, right? And that's Mm. that makes your week easier. But if you just look at their stats, right? So if I told you, excuse me, that they would average two point seven yards rushing the ball, and Ryan Tannehill would only throw for one hundred and forty three yards, would you say they beat the Rams? Hell no! Right? I have
0: a hard time believing that they beat anybody with With, those with those stats, right? Let alone the you know a legitimate Super Bowl contender in the Rams.
1: So the Rams didn't play great, so we got to factor that in. I mean, if you take away their defensive touchdown, which you're going to get every now and again, but you can't bank on every week, this game's 21-16. to 16. It's a very close game. Very close game. I mean, Matthew Stafford didn't play awesome.
0: I've, it's probably the worst game he's had all year. He's been playing like an MVP candidate, obviously still probably in that hunt, but definitely a, a really bad week for him. Yeah. With two picks, no touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if there's like a test. I think consistency at this point. Right.
1: If, if they're if they're able to win out the rest of the year, or, I'm not or, looking
0: for a, a 50 point win anywhere. I'm not right. looking for a 30 point win anywhere. I need <clears throat> consistency, and really, I need consistency in two games. I need it this week against the Saints, and I need it two weeks from now against the Patriots. Too tough. Gritty defenses, and Bill Belichick's gonna do everything he can defensively to make Ryan Tannehill as uncomfortable as possible. Right. That game and the Saints rush defense. Now, if they don't get that defensive touchdown this week against the Saints, I don't know how I don't know who's starting at quarterback for the Saints at this point. I don't know how well either one of them's gonna play, whether it's Taysom Hill or whether it's Trevor Simeon at this point. But that that Saints run defense has been top notch this year. So if they take that away. And they turn this offense one-dimensional. Can Ryan Tannehill beat the Saints by himself? That's the biggest question. We
1: talked about this last week of we wanted to see can Ryan Tannehill carry this team, and it's not like we walked away. Even though they got the win, and you'll take any win that you get, right? Like a win doesn't reflect on necessarily how you got it. But you don't walk away from this win and you're like, yeah, Tannehill is going to put the team on his back with Derrick Henry down.
0: No. This is – it feels a lot like how we've been talking about Baker Mayfield for the past couple of weeks where, like, he's a top-12 quarterback with the best rushing attack and a top 5 line and a good defense. And so, like – they're like, if Adrian Peterson pops and A.J. Brown and Julio are both healthy and the O-line can hold up right. and the defense cannot allow 28 points, like then Tannehill can get you the win. But that's not always going to happen every single week.
1: The thing I'll say about this team, and this is with the Derrick Henry injury, is they remind me a lot of the Steelers last year where the record didn't reflect the team. 100%. And that's how it is right now. Now, this team with Derrick Henry, I would say that record's very fair and very legit. Yep. Um, I just think going forward without Derrick Henry and and who knows, he might be back, you know, later in the season. I think he's still there's still a possibility he gets back for for the playoffs and things like that. But they just feel like a team like this team in wildcard weekend is not going to win. Not not going to win a game. Without
0: Derrick Henry, definitely not. You
1: don't feel that confidence in him. So the no. the record doesn't reflect how good they are! I mean, that defense has stepped up and started playing really, really well. They,
0: they, I think the defense is hundred percent the reason why they were able to knock the Rams off. Yeah. Um. The the Rams pass blocking and their run blocking has been pretty solid all year. They sit right in the sweet spot, probably around the, probably the nine or ten best offensive line in the league, and they looked horrible. Jeffrey Simmons was in Stafford's face within three steps. Um. Another big thing that I wanted to highlight with, obviously, Mike Vrabel being a defensive guy has done a great job with his coordinators in the last two years. He brought an in-house hire up to be his OC. Arthur Arthur Smith took over. The offense became dynamic. He got a head coaching job. Last year, they lost their DC in-house hire. Last year, through 16 games, I believe they were like 29th in sacks. Through nine games, I believe they're like sixth in sacks so far this year. So it's a, a decent bit of an uptick as well with their new DC. So when they can get pressure on the quarterback, this defense becomes a lot better. That's been their biggest yeah. issue. I believe Harold Landry is like third in the league and fourth in the league in sacks right now, just behind, I think it's Marcus Golden, T.J. Watt, and Miles Garrett, I want to say, off the top of my head. Oh, I've got it pulled up. Give me one second. But the, when this defense can play well, that's when this team really steps into another level.
1: Yeah, he's fourth. It's Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Marcus Golden, and then Landry.
0: Landry. Mm-hmm. So they that that to me is the step, and I think this the biggest thing we're talking about consistency from Tannehill in that Saints and the Patriots games two of these next three weeks. Another thing is the consistency from the defense. You just went out against who's been an MVP candidate quarterback. And Cooper Cup, who's been the best receiver this so far this year. Yeah. And you absolutely took them out of the game. Yeah. They had zero impact. Not zero, but definitely nowhere near as much impact as they've had up until this point. Now Mac Jones has played great. And I don't know who's starting at quarterback for the Saints this week. But if you can make them uncomfortable, it makes the job ten times easier for Tannehill going forward.
1: You can't you can't bank, especially in today's NFL you can't bank on 20 points winning you a game. So you no. can't be in the twenties. Like if you're consistently a team that scores 30 points, you can plan on winning a lot of games, right? Like dynamic offense has kind of been the trend this year. I don't know if I would put money that this offense breaks 20 a lot, even without Derrick Henry. Yeah. I just think when you don't have to stack the box, you know what I mean? I think the passing game is going to get a lot harder for Ryan Tannehill. I, I it's, It'll be interesting to see what the the Saints and the Patriots games look like for a couple reasons. The Saints are going to take away the run game for sure because that that run game defense is incredible and then the Patriots are going to take away AJ Brown like yeah. you're not going to be able to throw the ball to AJ Brown five or six times in a game. you might get one or two into AJ Brown
0: yeah. and that's the great thing about AJ Brown is that one catch he may shrug two guys and get you an extra 10 to 15 yards right, but that's one catch.
1: So is Tannehill going to be able to piece everything together? We'll see.
0: Yeah, so consistency, that is the answer. I'm not looking for a certain game. There's no circle date on the calendar that I'm looking for that makes them contenders. I need consistency going forward from the Titans. Um, Our second question comes to us from Marcus uh, down in Louisiana. His question is, which loss is more concerning, the Cowboys' loss against the Broncos in Jerry's World this last week or the bills dismantling being dismantled in jacksonville um this past week as well
1: this is an easy one for me i
0: i agree i think the bills loss
1: is a bigger deal um it was sloppy it was ugly i get all of that my problem is is we already had questions about like Everyone was just kind of crowning the Bills as the AFC. And, and we were included in that, right? Yeah, 100%. Like,
0: we were not exempt from that at all.
1: We, But this team has lost games that you just can't lose if you want to be a legit team, right? Like you can't look – you can have a couple stinker games, right? Everyone's allowed like two or three games where you just lay an egg and you lose to a team that you shouldn't lose to. We are slowly creeping up on the point of the Bills where, you know, we look at this loss and we're like, man, you really can't lose that game. No. You can't lose to the Steelers, and, you know, so they've got, th- they've got two losses now to the point where I'm like, how legit are they? And,
0: and the Jaguars' loss, I feel like, never are you like, okay, we lost to the Jags, you know, and you're okay with that, but, mm-hmm. like, a only scoring six points is, like, when you lose a game and the other team generates nine points... That is bad. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be the 07 Patriots. I don't like – you are not happy losing a game if your defense only allows nine points for an entire game.
1: And the biggest problem I had too was – and we talked about this off before the show – was Josh Allen had the ball in his hands with an opportunity to win the game at the end Yeah, and wasn't able to pull it out. And if you're going to be the guy, right? Like if you're going to be one of these guys that – like Lamar's had four fourth quarter comebacks this year so far, right? And like he has. You he has. you have to you just have to go out and win these games, right? Like if yeah. Tom Brady is in that situation, you you're like the Bucks win, right? The 100%. Buc- yeah. The Bucks are winning 80% of the time, right? Yep. And Josh Allen just didn't pull through on it and it's kind of weird to me how amazing this offense can be and how wavy it can be at the same time. Agreed, yeah. So, like, they're running into the same thing that we kind of talked about with Tennessee is is consistency, right? Like, it's awesome that you can hang 35 on the Dolphins and 43 on the Washington football team and 40, excuse me, on the Texans, 38 on the Chiefs. And then and then all of a sudden you score six points against the Jaguars. And it's not even like Urban Myers, like this defensive genius. No, this
0: is the reason like so there's a couple things when I'm comparing these two games, like Dallas was down thirty to nothing at one point. Right. That is a huge issue for them going forward. But this is also a Denver team that was considered a playoff team at one point, and a team that even now and even before this week was like If all goes well, this team could make a wild card spot. Yeah. Like, this is... The Jaguars were eliminated from playoff contention week two. Right, They were done. Like, week one, we're like, oh, maybe. And then week two is close the door. It's over. Urban Meyer's going to get fired by the end of the year. Like, this is a team that was like week four where, like, they're going to have a new head coach at the end of the year. That, like, that was the foregone conclusion. And now this is the AFC favorites, the crown kings of the AFC, the one seed... Going Not going into this week because of the Titans, obviously, but the team that we thought was going to finish there is now losing to the perennial bottom feeders that have come out of nowhere with a coach that still, even after this win, might not have his job at the end of the year.
1: And, and the whole thing of like, oh, they were looking past this opponent, right? It's an easy win. They play the Jets next week. It's not like you what have are you looking forward to right. What do you yeah, exactly? There's like you could you could look at the rest of their schedule and they could look over like the next two or three weeks, right? Yeah. Like it's not like this team is gonna have the, a bye week after the Jets, right? So it's, you
0: have nothing going on.
1: It makes little to no sense. And again, to me.
0: the like the whole looking forward thing, I've always been like, Okay, that's a fair point. But when you have a chance to like when Josh Allen has a chance to win the game, you have a game winning drive in your lap. You Like, you're not looking past – you're not looking to next week. Like, right. this is – the game is in my hands. We have looked into the next week for the last three and 3 quarters. It's time to win the game, and then we can worry about next week. This you know? is also
1: one of those scenarios. You look at the bills on paper, right? So if I said you had the number one scoring defense, Josh Allen – You've got Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley's playing great. Emmanuel Sanders is it, a great, add. great Yeah. You've got all of these weapons, and then you go, Oh, you're five and three, you're one game ahead of in your division. You go, What? Why? Like what is what's going what exactly? wrong here? Right. It it's something isn't adding up, right? Like it's slightly concerning to me.
0: Yeah. And when you look at where they're at currently, if we're looking preseason, the Chiefs are playing the way that they should have been and they're not struggling. And the Titans obviously being one of their actual losses like this is a team that really should worst case scenario should really only have two losses to start with so the fact that they beat the chiefs now you're like okay they have one loss but a blocked punt return for a touchdown against the steelers cost them the week 1 game and a multitude of things loses them this game
1: i the thing i'm most curious about for the cowboys is like the broncos game plan was Throw the ball at Trayvon Diggs. Like he's gonna bite. He's gonna go for big plays. So you're gonna get cheap yardage off off of him. Mm-hmm. The question now becomes: Is he's is are is the coaching staff able to take him, coach him up, be like, hey, we can't. I know you're falling in love with the interceptions, but like, we can't have this happen anymore. Yeah, you
0: have to, you have to learn to like go from a pick every game to like a pick every two games and cut your yardage in half. Right, because like. You love the picks for the Cowboys because that offense is so dynamic, but
1: the Broncos just attacked him. Just
0: and and on top of that, their defense stifled everything that Dak and that offense tried to throw at him. That's a really
1: good defense, so it, it's not shocking to me that it went like
0: that. It, it was shocking the timing of it all because mm. this is a good defense. This is this is going to be a big reason if this team made a playoff push. Like, you're not making it to the playoffs with Teddy Bridgewater without a top-10 defense. That's right. the bottom line of the scenario. The timing of, like, oh, they're a really good defense, and, like, oh, they just traded away Von Miller. Let's have our best defensive game against the best offense in the NFL or one of the best offenses in the NFL. That The timing of it was, like, <laughs> you just traded away your best defensive player, and you're going out against one of the best offenses, and all of a sudden they, like, they got better. I don't know. It was insanity. Schemed very well. We called for Vic Fangio's job last week. Apparently he hurt us. Yeah. I still think he's done. Listens to the show. Yeah. Big um, fan. I think he just needs to take a step down to be the DC. That's fine. Oh,
1: he'll get a DC job almost immediately. Immediately. He feels, to me, like Todd Bowles, where he's an amazing coordinator, but maybe just not a head coach.
0: And he there's I'd- another there's another defensive guy... I think he landed out in uh, – I think he actually used to be the Broncos coach. He landed out in L.A.
1: Uh, oh, you're talking about uh, – he used to coach Wade Phillips. Is that who yeah, you're talking Wade about? Yeah, Wade
0: Phillips, exactly who I'm talking about, yes. There's another guy that reminds me like old school defensive guy, probably a top five defensive coordinator, yeah. a bottom five head coach.
1: Right. And Todd Bowles will get another shot. I don't want to crap on Todd Bowles, but he just is like – as even as a coordinator, you're like wow, that guy's special. And then as a head coach, I mean, he was the head coach of the Jets, which is always, you know, a big
0: turnoff. Yeah, a big down, you know, downgrade. Kind of a start five steps behind start type deal. Yep. So, into our games from Week Nine:
1: Packers versus Chiefs. First one that um, was
0: Thursday night football. Correct? Was that Thursday?
1: No, uh, no that was. Uh, it wasn't Sunday night football either. Was, it was it? just
0: it was a midday Sunday game. Yeah, it was three twenty five. It was yeah, the three twenty
1: five, four o'clock games, depending game, on where yeah. you are. Um but yes, it was a mid mid game.
0: I do believe No Aaron Rodgers, obviously, for the Packers. Um should not have been a twenty to thirteen game. I think we can all agree on that. It was seven to thirteen. Seven to thirteen. Was it that oh my it god. It was that close. I tried to not. give the offense some credit and I gave them too much. Um, I don't even know where to start.
1: <laughs> I mean, I have a couple of thoughts here. One, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're still disappointed that you weren't able to put a better showing against a team that didn't have Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, clearly, if the Packers have Aaron Rodgers here, uh, it's a loss, right? Like, Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to... He's there's, gonna he's gonna put more than seven points.
0: There's been probably one game in the last three years where Aaron Rodgers has led an offense that scored less than two touchdowns. Right. And it was week one against the Saints this year. That was it.
1: <laughs> um I will say Green Bay had had a fumble, which is never, you know what I mean? They actually had three fumbles, they were able to somehow recover yeah. two of those back up. Um But I just don't think I mean the defense didn't play that great. The Packers really just weren't able to convert on this game. If I'm a Packers fan, I'm going to talk about Jordan Love a little bit later on, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on him now. If I'm a Packers fan, I'm really not too disappointed in this loss, to be honest with you. Um, But yeah, man, this this might be... Hopefully this is a confidence builder for the Chiefs because you beat one of the best teams in the NFC, even though it was without Aaron
0: Rodgers. Even with the asterisk next to it, yeah, yeah, two game win streak, which is actually this is the first time they've won two games in a row all year, surprisingly. Um, so now you got to build some momentum. Big division game against the Raiders this week, obviously, and then it doesn't get any easier as Dallas visits town. Yeah, uh, two weeks from now. So, just. I don't know. The Chiefs are in a bad way at this point. Yeah, um,
1: they're not out of the playoffs. I still don't think. But no, the
0: division is, the division is wide open. Is why that's always going to be an argument at this stage in the game. Right. But as of right now, like something has to give in Kansas City. Something needs to change, and I really do think that that thing is Patrick Mahomes at this point. Like the way that he is playing football is not winning football. The the Every single week, we watch this guy play football. Every single week, five plays, I'm like, good Lord, that is the greatest quarterback that has ever put on a helmet in the National Football League. And then there are another five plays where I'm like, good Lord, that is the dumbest throw I've seen all year.
1: Eric Bieniemy might lose his job because of this season, so I know everyone's <laughs> talked about him being a head coach. I was a like, he's time. probably going to
0: lose quite a few head coaching interviews over this, <laughs> if nothing else. If, if not his job
1: off of this. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, the defense, I mean, if you're the Chiefs, you uh, you got to go out and find some kind of running back help, just any kind at all. You just have no ability to, to move the ball outside of Patrick Mahomes, and it just feels like that weight is caught up with him. You've asked so much of him for all these years, and he's been able to kind of pull it off.
0: He's pulled it off for two years now, and, which is a lot longer than most guys can do it for. Yeah,
1: and it's getting to a point where it's just created bad habits, and those bad habits are catching up with them right
0: like yeah that hero ball will kill you yeah
1: we've talked about it a lot this year um yeah if you're green bay i, I really i'm really not upset with this loss but we'll we'll delve into that a little bit more yeah
0: 100 percent. next game up
1: next game we got is the rams and titans we talked about the titans a little bit already
0: but a Surprising game, I think. Um, I think this is one of those games where, like we talked, I talked about it last week. Obviously, Von Miller didn't suit up for the Rams, but you lose Derrick Henry and you're like, oh, well, that sucks. And you're like, you play the Rams next week. And you're like, that really sucks. And then here come the Titans. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, The one thing I'll say is, like, we, we've, I've said this a couple times already, is you get a couple weird losses. This feels like one of those losses for the Rams. Like, you shouldn't lose this game, but you probably are going to – you know what I mean? You're going to lose a game every now and again you shouldn't lose. Yeah. This feels like one of them. It doesn't change a lot for me on how I feel about the team. 100% no. It's not like it was like the Titans exposed them. It was just Matthew Stafford didn't have a good game.
0: Yeah. Stafford didn't have a good game. The running game wasn't, you know, crazy in any aspect as well. And, obviously, letting up a defensive touchdown, one of those picks going back to the house, hurts as well in the long run. Um but this is a team that is seven and two. Their only other loss being to the Arizona Cardinals, who were who were seven zero to start the year. Now eight and one, right? Uh, after taking down the Niners with Colt McCoy somehow. Um, hey, don't. So you look at the. <laughs> we'll
1: talk about Colt McCoy later.
0: When you look at the combined record of the two people they've lost to, currently they what is it? It'd be like fifteen and three.
1: Fifteen and three. Yep.
0: Of a combined record of the two teams they lost to, you're not mad at that at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take them out of anything. Um, you really you hate losing on Sunday night football, so you will hear a lot of people talking about it and hyping it up because it was a standalone game. So it's going to get a lot of attention. And That's like the that. whole.
0: There's no three channels to decide between here. Right.
1: Yeah. You lose. You lose Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football on a standalone game. It's going to be a bigger deal. I don't think it's the end of the world. I mean. Matthew Stafford isn't Kirk Cousins. We haven't seen it yet, so I-
0: I'm not counting them out by any means. So oh, they've got Monday Night Football against the 49ers coming up this week. So it'll be an interesting couple weeks because they have the Niners and then uh, they have the Packers the next week as well. Glad
1: you think the Niners are interesting because I'm over the Niners.
0: I'm I'm quite over the Niners after the Colt McCoy game too. But I, it's one of those things where you never know. It's Monday Night Football. It's the Manning Cast. We'll see. Was Stafford on the manycast last week? That's the big question. <laughs> You're Will we break right. the streak.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'll be the that'll be the deciding factor. Yeah. Um, Browns versus Bengals is the next one we're going to talk about. Um, Baker Mayfield apparently listens to the herd too much, and you know, just had Colin Cowherd playing throughout the warmups and just kind of let it rip there.
0: I uh, posted the best Pro Football Focus grade of any quarterback this week. And I think it's, it was obviously is a response move by Baker. You're like, all right, well, there's a lot of talk going around the big thing. Obviously like the, not the big thing, but the overarching headline is exactly what Steve Smith said. Odell came here to play with you. You're not as good as you think you are. You're kind of mid, and you're the reason that he's leaving and he's going to go somewhere else and be more successful. He's like, all right, well, You know, I'm going to take this Bengals team who was, you know, on a hot streak as of two, three weeks ago, and a team that is still looking to try to push upwards in this division, and I'm going to absolutely destroy these guys.
1: So let's talk about the Bengals for a quick second. Mm -hmm. Two
0: weeks ago, they were first in this division.
1: They are now currently dead last. Yeah.
0: The Ravens had their bye week last week, and they went from third to first because I believe all three teams lost lost last week.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not reading too much into this. Like, It's great that Baker was able to come out and play with passion. Um, I mean, I kind of fall on the side of he only threw 21 times. He had Nick Chubb back. And this offense with Nick Chubb versus without is – it's two different offenses. It's
0: two different offenses, but at the same time, Kareem Hunt and Daryonis Johnson have been so good. Right. So it's it's just one of those things where like you're like, wow, Baker Mayfield looked really good. i be like, yeah, when he has – three starting running backs on his roster, it's pretty easy to look good.
1: So, I mean, I don't know how much I buy into it. I mean, it's great that coming off of the storyline and everything like that.
0: I'm looking forward to this week.
1: This next week, I think, will be a better
0: answer for that. Um, Young quarterback in Foxborough against Bill Belichick, the devourer of young quarterbacks. Yes. Um, This is where I need to see the pop. Right. If he can go into Foxborough and put up 28 on Bill Belichick in that defense, I will then be impressed. And it can't be three rushing touchdowns by Nick Chubb either. That's not going to impress me at all. I need to see Baker Mayfield win the game.
1: When you're talking about Cincy, I mean, you're just really disappointed in Joe Burrow here. I mean, didn't have a great day throwing the ball. Obviously, two interceptions. It's going to cost you every
0: time. Mm-hmm. Um, One... One was a hundred yard pick six by Denzel Ward. Obviously, that defensive touchdown always kills. Yeah, not not definitely not a deciding factor in a forty one to sixteen game, but definitely a punch in the gut nonetheless.
1: Right. Um. You got the fumble in there too, which is you know for some reason they'll never. This team likes to fumble a lot, which is so weird. Yes, yeah, the salt in the
0: wound. Is um, what that is.
1: I don't know. There's the, you just you just don't know. This team. I know they were hot and. You know, a lot of people were were really on them. You know what I mean? Two two weeks ago, three weeks ago. To me, they're like still a year away. So if I you,
0: need more from their secondary receivers. Yeah, like last year and the year before, even T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd did so well with the kind of the quarterbacks that got thrown in and like like these guys are solid twos, but they need the one. Jamar has came in and been the one. The Browns took him away. Right. It didn't matter. Denzel Ward was not even on an island. Greg Newsom played insanely good coverage on Jamar Chase as well on a couple of routes. So they take Jamar Chase out. Now I need those twos like, okay, you guys played great, but we needed a one wide receiver. We got the one wide receiver. He played great. But now we get to the game where the one guy takes gets taken away. I need you guys to be the amazing twos that you are. I don't think they played bad. They just feel like they're a red zone threat away. Like,
1: that's the problem with Tyler Boyd need and T. Dan Higgins. Waller. Yeah, you need Yeah, you need a big tight end that's going to catch. Like, Austin Hooper, I feel like, would be, like, a perfect fit. Yeah. Rob Gronkowski. Like, one of these just tight end guys that you're just you, – you only time you're going to use them is in the red zone, right? Like – because they're really not having awful seasons. They're just not having great seasons. Tyler Boyd, 38 catches, 409 yards, only two touchdowns. Um, T. Higgins has got 35 catches for 433 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, the only one on pace to have 1,000 yards receiving is Jamar Chase with 44 catches. But He's already at 800 yards. Yeah, he's already at 835 yards and seven touchdowns. So he's going to get there, obviously. But... So you're I mean they're on pace to have a 80 catch guy and then 270 catch guys which you really can't complain about the problem is is the touchdown production out of the offense. That's yeah.
0: that's really where it falls short. Yeah. And the Bengals just got to get more pressure on the quarterback and they have to play a lot better defense obviously. You can't never are you going to win a game allowing 40 points. Maybe right. not never, but it's definitely a lot harder to do at do, that point for sure. All right. What is next? Headlines, headlines, and midseason awards. Okay. So, I think obviously the biggest headline. OBJ cut last week, hit waivers as of Tuesday. Um, as
1: of Monday at four p.m., he cleared waivers today.
0: He cleared waivers today.
1: So nobody, nobody, nobody picked up his. Were contract. you surprised he cleared waivers? I, I think after the fit that he threw in Cleveland, his... Because wh- last week when we talked, we didn't know what his salary to pick up would be. Uh, it was $7 million to pick up. 7.25 or something
0: like something that. Something like
1: that, yeah. It was like seven and change to pick up his contract. I'm kind of surprised nobody picked that up. I mean, not kind of. There were a couple teams that I was like, you might as well pick it up. Like, you have nothing yeah, to
0: lose. $7 million, you're adding what could be your second or third best receiver.
1: What I think happened is the teams that could have picked it up talked uh, to probably OBJ's agent, and he was like, "Don't do it. He'll raise a fit, or he's not going to resign with you guys, or you yeah, know what I mean. Or he's
0: going to cause more headache than he is." Yeah, he's headache.
1: like, "Just just let him hit free agency and let yeah, him yeah." Can pick you imagine spot. if
0: Detroit picked him up? Right, That's like, like Detroit, down.
1: Jacksonville could have picked him up. There was a lot of teams that were like not even close. Like he wants to go play for a contender, so obviously, I think I think. I, I thought maybe somebody might take a shot at him. I mean, but, I mean... Seattle
0: like, would have been interesting. That was the biggest one we heard, obviously, because they were a team that getting Russ back could possibly make a push here coming up soon. Another team that didn't need receivers, but I think, I don't remember who said it, but they were like, like the defense is the issue, but you're obviously not going to full fix a defense halfway through the year, here. so why not? The problem that I have... With
1: the Seahawks and the Chiefs, like, I know those are getting brought up a lot. But if I'm OBJ and I was on the Browns and I'm pissed because I'm not getting the ball enough,
0: those are the last two places that I'm going to go. 100%. And honestly, Chiefs are 31, Seahawks are 32. Because the issue with Seattle, and that's the thing, is everyone's like, oh, it's such a great fit. He has, you know, he comes in, he'd probably be the wide receiver three, but, like, he could be the wide receiver one. He could pop. There's some young guys he could teach. I'm like, this is – here's the thing. He probably has got eight or nine games left in his Seattle jersey if he were to be picked up on their waiver wire. There's probably one game where he has nine catches, 150-some yards, and two touchdowns, and he looks like an animal. And we're like, Baker was the problem. Right. But for every game that there's like that, there is the one, if not two, possibly three games of one catch for nine yards, two catches for 22. Because – First of all, there are two extremely talented receivers in that set to start and Russell Wilson spreads the ball better than any quarterback out there.
1: Right. So he would have a lot of games where he probably had like four catches yeah. or whatever.
0: You're you're not getting touches in that offense.
1: Right. And why would you go
0: somewhere where you're going
1: to be wide receiver 3 when you can any he says he wants to sign for a team that's going to contend and everything like Seattle is the opposite of that Yeah, right that now. was a
0: team that if all went well they could make a push. Like, it was it was not if all went well, they clinched the division. Not if all went well, they get a playoff. It was if all went well, they might have a chance at the Sevens.
1: And if I'm looking at the Chiefs, again, it's the same problem, right? Like, Tyree Kill is going to be option one. Travis Kelsey is going to be option two. You're going to be option three. Yeah. And how slow they've gotten Josh Gordon involved in that offense, I'd be wary, you know what I mean? 100%, yeah. Um Especially when the options like the Saints are out there. Mm-hmm. He would come in. He'd be wide receiver one. Next year, it would be an awesome dynamic duo of him and Michael Thomas together. Yep. Uh, I know the quarterback situation a little iffy, but they're a playoff team as of right now, I think. Um, so that team makes sense to me. I think one that's not getting talked about enough is the Colts. I Colts think would make a lot of sense. I think that would be a great fit. I know they're not a playoff team right now, so that kind of hurts that knock,
0: <laughs> but I think the locker room dynamic of Carson Wentz and Odell would be funny to the watch
1: softest ego in the NFL right there. Yeah. Um, I really like the Raiders fit. I think he's out though, because the Raiders did sign Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think they're going to bring in Deshaun Jackson and OBJ. Like that's a lot of, a lot of, you know, wide receiver talent to add middle of the season. Um, I don't. I know everyone's hot on him being a patriot. I don't see it happening. I just.
0: I don't. Yeah, he's
1: not going to leave a young quarterback to go back to a young quarterback. I just don't think that'll happen. No.
0: the The team outside of Mac Jones make even then it's the Patriots. It's Bill Belichick offense. Right. I'm not. I don't. I can't see Odell being like. I want to play the Patriot way. That's not the headline. So
1: before when he got (laughs) traded to Cleveland. He was asked, like, I can't remember if it was like his brother or his agent, but he said he wanted to go to New England. I don't know if it was Tom because Tom. I was like, that might have been Tom. But I mean, Bill Belichick does have a history of taking guys and giving their career a second breath. Now, it doesn't always work, but he does take those chances on guys. Yeah. The best fit to me that makes the most
0: sense right now is the Packers. I can 100%. It's like. A lot of people are going to be like, where can you be the one guy? Where can you come in and be the Colts makes a lot of sense, the Ravens makes a lot of sense. You want to be a contender and you want to be the one guy. I do agree that, in my opinion, if I was Odell, I want to go somewhere where somebody else is going to have the island and I can truly come out here. And I don't have to worry about being targeted as the one guy by a defense, but I can be targeted as a one guy by my quarterback.
1: So the question he's going to have to ask himself, do I want to be a one on a fringe playoff team? Or do I want to be a two or a three on a contender? And I would rather be the two for a really great team like the yeah, Packers. I get to
0: the Packers. I think does make a lot of sense. Um, let's just we can run through the contenders. Even obviously, mm-hmm. when you look at the guys, the the teams that are contending for Super Bowls, the Rams. Cooper Cup's the best receiver in the league as of through yeah. nine games. Um, Robert, Robert Woods, Woods is a solid second option. Tyler Higby's been decent. They don't have the money. They don't have the cap either. They're out. Rams are out. Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, AJ Green. AJ Green's there. No and, need. And, and then they just traded for Zach Ertz. They're,
1: they're completely out. Zach Ertz out. is
0: added. The Packers, obviously a good fit. We talked about them. Yeah. Dallas, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and uh, Michael Gallup comebacks from injury. They're out. Very soon. Uh, Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They're out. They're out. Baltimore, run heavy offense. Could be the one guy on a division champ, but again, it's one of those things. The reason the Ravens doesn't fit as well to me, as much as I might want it to happen, I do think he would be dynamic in our offense because the RPOs and the, the random screen passes, yeah, slants, he would... it would fit well, but it is a run-heavy offense. Baltimore runs the ball before they throw it.
1: And, and he's going to want to... To be the star, to certain he's, you know what I mean. Like it's he, hard
0: to make a highlight tape with Lamar Jackson. On jar,
1: team. Yeah, right. So like it, it's a weird fit for me. Like I don't know if that makes any sense for
0: Baltimore. Him. Baltimore works if he gets on the phone with Lamar Jackson and they, the it would be more of a chemistry, personality fit with Lamar Hollywood, Le'Veon Bell, and Lamar Jackson going forward.
1: And I know he was joking when Lamar tweeted. He was like, stop adding me yeah add i can't Ravens. do anything you gotta add the raven and you're like dude you can make the call to obj and be like dude like you would you need to you can at here. least
0: get him in contact right with your front office be, 100%. like
1: if your front office is like like if you talk to them you're like hey are you cool if i call obj and just see like what his vibe is see what he's thinking you know yeah, what I mean? like 100%. you can like you can't tell me that Aaron Rodgers people haven't reached out Is that to him tampering?
0: Already. I don't know if that's Is that a thing? So like,
1: once he's Cut you, it's
0: free He's game. a free agent At that point. Yeah,
1: you, so even if he's on wires Like anyone yeah, like You can tweet, you know what I mean? You can tweet Call him, whatever,
0: at that point So I mean, that's all the contenders in the NFC The AFC, we talked about the Ravens, the Bills Manuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs Yeah, it makes no wow. sense. Chiefs We talked about them. Doesn't make sense So at that point the Packers makes a lot of sense. You're coming in, you're the two wide receiver. Yep. Great quarterback, good defense, a guy to take all the defensive attention away, and Devontae Adams on a the other great side. Great head
1: coach that's going to scheme you in ways that you know you're going to like it. A reliable running game to where, you know, it doesn't have to be a one dimensional offense
0: right. where you feel like, you know, you're.
1: It's a star studded offense that could fit one more star in there.
0: Yeah. That doesn't have three receivers tacked into it like every other contender does. Yeah. Game. So right now, I think the list is Green Bay. I think Baltimore is still a solid option in my I opinion. Think it's a, it's and then an option. After that, you're looking at teams that are that are not locks to make the playoffs. Borderline teams for yeah. sure. Yeah.
1: So Patriots, Ra- <sighs> yeah, we knocked the Raiders out, but Patriots Saints. I, I
0: wouldn't be surprised to see the Raiders make a run. I don't know how he would feel about it at that point, but I, I wouldn't be surprised, because I, I don't see what the Raiders have to lose at that point. Right. You know, I, like, th- why not?
1: The team that I think is actually an amazing fit, but he won't even consider because they're
0: going to stink the rest of the year, is the 49ers. 100%. If, I don't understand why Trey Lance isn't starting, first of all. I think it's very uh- weird. I don't understand. I thought he was still banged up. He's completely healthy. They're still rocking with Jimmy. Now... That is a team where if I'm Odell, I'm like signing next year. You're, I'm you're worrying, planning on the future. Yeah, I am. I'm signing an extension here, and I'm gonna. I'm playing for the next 17 after this year.
1: I think OBJ for him, he's gonna sign probably a one-year deal. Have it be super team friendly. Let the Browns eat most of his 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 contract. Yep and ball out this year and then sign a big extension this offseason is what you're probably trying to go for.
0: Which I I can't see a world where he gets any type of big extension this offseason. Just because nine games is not – and even say you make it to the Super Bowl, whatever team it is goes an extra four games to the playoffs. Even 13 games, I'm like, I'm not going to give you a massive extension off 13 games. There's a possibility that one team might, but it's probably not going to be the team that's going to win the Super Bowl the next year.
1: I bet you there's there's a couple teams that would do it.
0: And it would be the Lions and the Bears (laughs) and the Tigers. Oh, my.
1: You can't tell me if he joins in nine games and he catches, let's say, seven touchdowns and hits 800 yards. that There isn't a team that's not going to pay him wide receiver one or two money.
0: Would the Bagels be an interesting fit? I feel like it's a team in tie. Obviously a French team being at 5 and 4. Yeah. Still a chance to the division. As much as they may be in last place at it's, 5 it's and 4.
1: It's that young quarterback syndrome. I don't know like I don't know if he wants to go back. It's so crazy to me that he went to Eli Manning and then Baker Mayfield and both times he was like it didn't it, pay it, out. It's the quarterback's fault. And see
0: that's why I've never bought 100% stock. Obviously you have to buy some of it. Um I've never bought the 100% stock if it's Baker's fault cuz I'm like that is a complete to be fair, though, Script his last year in New York,
1: Eli was kind of on his way out. Oh, 100%. So.
0: Yeah. Eli, like, if Eli didn't win two Super Bowls, he would have been cut from the team Yeah, going into that year. He was a legacy player for 110%, sure. 110%, yeah. So, I don't know. It's 100%. I'm very, very interested to talk about that next week. Yeah.
1: It'll be interesting to see where he signs. We're,
0: yeah, we're assuming he's going to be signed by next week. So, Um, second headline real quick before we get to our mid season awards, just a second, obviously being a Ravens fan. I'm not a huge fan of Mike Tomlin. Never have been, never will be. I hate him just a little bit more this week. I was doing my research for the scripts. Obviously Steelers just played the bears on Monday night football couple, you know, Close calls down the stretch, the Cassius Marsh taunting penalty, did the ref hip check him. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's all the rage today. Uh, Mike Tomlin came out today and backed the taunting rule. He said, we have to clean up our game. This is, you know, we're role models to people, to kids everywhere. And the taunting rule is a good thing for our league going forward. And I can't fucking stand that. It's... It makes – now, like, if Cassius Marsh sacked Big Ben and then started, like, shooting a gun towards the Steelers' sideline or something, or right. doing the moon celebration and ran, I'm like, okay, let's – Yeah, there are limits here. And to, to preface the whole Cassius Marsh situation, what I felt about it, was it taunting? It, it's – it's so – it's such a weird situation because it wasn't really taunting – but you have to you have to know as an NFL player you know that this rule is in place and it is a complete judgment call by the ref. There is no yeah. like this celebration is legal and this one's illegal. It is a complete judgment call. That is whatever the referee is feeling at the, at the certain time.
1: They have to they have to come together in the offseason and either can the rule or define it better because we can't have you know, 12 guys on a defense run to the other end zone to take the snapshot photos, and that's not taunting. And we can't have Lamar Jackson do front flips into the end zone, and that's not
0: taunting. Like, it just... Never should a penalty be like, if the ref feels like a player is being... That is... There's no feeling in a penalty. It is, you broke the rules. The flag comes out of my pocket. So, Cassius Marsh who used to play for the Steelers, he was on their practice squad before being the Bears, 12 hours before game time says, hey, by the way, you're on the active roster for tonight, get your shit in a bag and get to the stadium on time, Mm -hmm. to go out and make a huge fourth quarter sack on Ben Roethlisberger against a guy that used to chase around at practice all the time. And, like, the six steps towards the sideline was excessive. Was it taunting? I would have to say yes, because... Mm -hmm you're not there's no you're not gaining anything else from walking six steps towards their sideline but that is it's one of those things where like we're willing to let guys push and shove on Hail Marys we're going to keep the flag in the pocket on on defensive and offensive pass interference late in the game we're going to let the game play out right but for that penalty flag to come out now like second quarter you know, in a tie ball game or even down 14 nothing, it doesn't matter. That flag, I'm like, yeah, you're a dumbass. Come on. Like, I hate the rule, but if it's going to be a rule, that's taunting. Fair enough. Right. That is one of those flags where I'm like, it didn't affect the game at all. He wasn't jabbing with the punter. He wasn't jabbing at the sideline. It was the stare down excessive? Yes. But this is the last two minutes of a, of a one possession game. That flag has to stay in your pocket.
1: I, I, I don't know. I let's, let's focus on one thing here. So I'm going to focus on your Mike Tomlin. hate. I think Mike Tomlin is a great coach. I think Mike Tomlin is probably a top five coach in the NFL right now. I would take him over a lot of coaches. Um, so I personally don't hate Mike Tomlin. Now, do I disagree? I think the
0: taunting rule is horrible. It's awful. There's and no benefit it's at gotta, all. It's
1: got to go away. Like, I get holding on to, you know, some of the, not letting it get out of control, but, like, this is limiting it before it needed control, right? Like, yeah. touchdown, celebrations weren't too far. I didn't think Tyreek Hill doing the peace sign. I didn't think that was too far. I, I really, I liked it. I, it's an, it is
0: truly the no fun league.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they let the celebration still happen, so I don't know if I'd go too far.
0: I think this adds to it for sure. It's the best part. Not the best, obviously, but, like, it's a it's an integral, fun part of the game. Like, the Seahawks doing the receiving core getting together and doing a salsa after DK Metcalf scores a touchdown. right? Like, all this is – never have I ever seen any receiver on my team or an opposing team. It could have been Juju – you know, Corvette, Corvette, after scoring a touchdown in Baltimore. I'm right. like, you scored a touchdown, you got to do what you got to do. Because I know Baltimore, you know, I know Lamar's going to go score his four, and he's going to celebrate after every single one. What's too. the
1: dance uh, Justin Jefferson does? The the gritty. Yeah. yeah. I just call it a Fortnite dance. But, I mean, they're, that's, they're all
0: Fortnite dances yeah, like, to me. But... <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I just, it, it doesn't affect the game at all.
1: No, it doesn't. I mean, it's a passionate game. I get that you don't want. The T.O., the Chad Johnson. Like, you don't want The moon to... or the dance on the star. Yes. You're like... like, Randy Moss took some of those too far. Trell Owens definitely took a lot of those too far. Chad Johnson was the king of taking those too far. Like, mm-hmm. the time he jumped in the cameraman's seat. Like, there's got to be a line. Yeah. And I get that. We weren't even approaching that line when this rule came out. Nowhere. Like, there was no excessive celebration that set this off. Like... If, well, okay, that's not true because everyone thinks it's the Anton Winfield during the Super Bowl giving the peace sign to Tyreek. That's what started this rule, which I don't, I don't have any issue with that. Right? If like if if we allow Tyreek to do it on defense, I feel like the defense should be allowed to do it back. That is
0: that is the as much as it may have pained Chiefs fans and God, I can't imagine how I would feel if that was my receiver getting that. Like do you like. The full circle of that happening was poetry. He torched the Buccaneers for 200 receiving yards in the first quarter in the regular season. Yeah. And for them to go out and absolutely, now granted, no offensive lineman to be had for the Chiefs. It was nowhere near their fault. There was a lot of drops happening. But for that, those two teams to meet again and for Tyreek to be completely taken out of the game and what looked like a mental issue for him because he was dropping passes that were hitting him Dead well in, the in a face. catch radius. Yeah. In the face, in the chest, in the hands. For for Antoine Winfield to get down and do that, I was like, That's the game. If you're gonna throw that up after every touchdown, boy, you better be ready to, well, for it to be thrown saying? back in your
1: face. Like if if you can't dish it, if you can't take it, don't dish it. Right? Yeah. Like you gotta, that's, you gotta that's gotta how it is with that. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a dumb rule. We've probably spent way too much time talking about the stupid rule. Yeah,
0: for something that everybody agrees on, on, except for Mike Tomlin, apparently.
1: Yeah, I just again, yeah, don't trash too much on Mike Tomlin. I'm a Ravens fan. I'm sorry. I know you hate him because you ain't him, but it's in my blood. I would. I guarantee you, Mike Tomlin. I think he's one of the most underrated coaches. I take John Harbaugh over him still, but... Nope. That's me. Completely wrong. I'm a Ravens fan. Completely. There's maybe, like... I'm trying to think of what coaches I wouldn't take over him. And it's, like, Bill Belichick.
0: Would you take uh, Kyle Shanahan over Mike Tomlin? Nope, I'd
1: take Mike Tomlin. Matt LaFleur. Mike Tomlin. Mike McCarthy. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The only one, like, I would say, like... I would say, um... Kyle Shanahan's not even close. Uh, Sean McVay, yeah, you're, In you're approaching range. it. Yeah, That's a debate to be had there. That's like, yeah, you could you could argue that. like Guys that have won multiple Super Bowls, like Andy Reid, yeah, I'd probably take Andy Reid over Mike Tomlin. But, yeah, he's like one of those guys that you're like, I don't know how. He's never had a losing season with the Steelers. And Big Ben hasn't looked great this year, and it looks like they might sneak into the yeah, wild card they, somehow.
0: Like I said, I've never been a huge Mike Tomlin fan, and up until the Duck Hodges-Mason Rudolph season, I was like, took Bill Cowher's team, He they did land A.B. and Le'Veon, but both of those guys went off the deep end yeah. from playing in that in that system. Sometimes
1: that's why I wonder if he's so scarred, because he just saw uh, these extremes in his locker. Room. That was
0: that oh my god,
1: yeah. That, that was a wild locker room
0: 100%. So, so
1: that would also harden me a little bit. But he's kind of let Juju do his thing.
0: Like Juju That's did, the thing that I never will understand.
1: Like he lets Juju and Claypool do like the TikTok stuff and and all of that. He's never so. had
0: any issue with that. I don't know.
1: Into the mid-season awards. I know. Let's talk about some something fun. Um You want to start us off with your MVP so far?
0: Oh, surprise, surprise. Here we are, the Ravens fan. I have Lamar Jackson as my MVP so far. Um, I think when it comes to – obviously we talked last week when Derrick Henry went down that he is the most valuable player that's not a quarterback um, in this league when it comes to how valuable they are to their team. I do believe that Lamar Jackson is the most valuable quarterback to his team and his team's success in this league. Um, I think there's one other quarterback that could run the, the Ravens offense the way that Lamar does, and it's Kyler Murray. Justin Fields maybe at a lower end. Trey Lance maybe. And may, obviously Daniel Jones, the arm is drastically down. But Daniel Jones does have some wheels. But no other quarterback can really run it as well as Lamar can. Um, obviously, uh, he currently is sitting ninth in passing yards. Uh, which is just behind Josh Allen, and rushing yards. I believe he is currently sixth in the league at an even 600 rushing yards.
1: Only 13 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Yeah, which Yikes. is
0: definitely is an issue. Uh, he does only to have two rushing touchdowns to boot. So not really getting a ton of rushing touchdowns in either. Ooh. Fair enough. the 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 pick for me is I went completely opposite of what I usually do. The team success here is is where Lamar I think has accelerated um, because when I look at the Ravens and these wins that they have, the Chiefs win. Doesn't happen without Lamar Jackson. The Lions win. They don't get into field goal range without Lamar Jackson. The Broncos was a solid win. The Colts come back. All Lamar Jackson, 100%. Best game of his career. The Chargers game, he looked solid. And then the Vikings, again, another fourth-quarter comeback, go to OT, win the game.
1: The narrative of Lamar Jackson can't lead a team back is is over, right? Dead dead and gone. Um, I would
0: really like to see us win a game by two touchdowns now. I'm going to talk
1: about the Ravens a little bit
0: later. We've we've killed that narrative. I needed an easy win. I'm tired of, like, because I always work during the Ravens games. Mm -hmm. Never fails. They play on Thursday Night Football this week against the Dolphins. I work, of course. One to close. I am so <laughs> sick of like looking at my phone and be like, Oh, we're down three scores with two minutes left and then being like, Oh, Justin Tucker hit a game winning field goal like I win? just wanna look at my phone and be like, Hey, we're up three touchdowns. Solid. Good win. <laughs> On to the next one. I'm tired of the excitement to be honest and honest with you. I don't
1: think he's got a good enough story this year to win it. Um it yeah. is my problem. I don't I mean, he just doesn't have enough touchdowns, He's not putting it in the end zone for me. Um for my pick, I went a little bit more traditional. I went Tom Brady. Solid pick. Second in yards, first in touchdowns with 25 touchdowns. I mean, the guy's on pace to throw 40 touchdowns and throw in the 4,000 yards, which is absolutely insane for a 44-year-old quarterback.
0: Yeah, 100%. Which he's second in yards, but Stafford's played an extra game. So. Right. So,
1: yeah, I don't. So I don't know how well that holds, but
0: I believe he's got the most. He's throwing the most yards per game right now.
1: If the season were to end today, I think Tom Brady wins MVP.
0: I could definitely see that. Yeah,
1: and I and they're on pace to finish as the one seed somehow in in the NFC. So mm-hmm. I I just every time you want to count this guy out and you're like, oh, it's done, it's over. You know, it doesn't matter anymore. And you're like, my God, how does he? How does he pull us out? Like he's how a does guy he do that this?
0: he's a guy that doesn't didn't get talked about in the MVP race for the first six to eight weeks of the season. Honestly, yeah, it was all Kyler, it was all Matthew Stafford. Lamar's name really didn't get brought up until this week either. Um, the The craziest thing is the media wise, like the attention with Brady was. Eight weeks, they're like, who cares? He's second in the league. I don't care. Kyler's the MVP. Stafford's MVP. He's
1: an old story. It's hard to talk about the same thing over and over. Then Tampa and then
0: Bay, Tampa Bay has a bye week. They're not on the field. They're like, Brady's the MVP, 100%. Right, this is the guy. I think that's the biggest thing is like all of our guys that were like, this is the MVP frontrunner, have all fallen off at some point this year. I, I would say like the
1: people that are talked about a lot, I still think Kyler Murray's got a shot. I think he's got... He's got the hardest road of of everyone that we're talking about being a front runner. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got to do some big swing. I think Matthew
0: Stafford still has a good shot. Hundred percent. Yeah.
1: The craziest part is I still think your boy Derek Carr has a shot too.
0: Hundred uh, percent. When I talked about like Tom Brady's throwing the most yards per game right now in the league, which is a better stat once you start looking at the bye weeks and everything, Derek Carr's too. Right. he's He has thrown 13 touchdowns and 7 interceptions just like Lamar has. So I think the biggest thing, honestly, is the team success. If the Raiders make the playoffs, and especially if the Raiders win that division with all the roster turnover and the head coach turnover that they've had this year, Derek Carr has to be in the conversation. I think it's disrespectful for him not to be a finalist at that point right. because to be the, the captain of that ship with the turmoil that they've been and the icebergs they've ran through – he has got to be in the conversation. He may not win it, but like the name has to be there, hundred uh, percent. DPOI. I have Miles Garrett. I did like your pick quite a bit. Um, I think
1: this one is close. I mean, if you look at pure numbers, it's easy to say why you would think it would be Miles um, Garrett. Right, he has more sacks. T.J. Watt did miss a game from injury, Mm -hmm. so he does have one last game in there. I believe he missed two, actually. Two games. So, I
0: mean, he's still only a half a sack
1: behind. Um, It took all my might not to put Matthew
0: Jude on. Um, but I can understand that. Yeah, um, I think he's got a chance to swing
1: it, but yeah, I think TJ Watts a good fit. I think miles Garrett, I think they're both legit contenders.
0: Yeah. Miles Garrett also leading the league in tackles for loss. Currently. I was doing my research on this cause I was curious. Obviously I was trying to look at obviously the sack record 22 and a half, which miles Garrett is perfectly on pace. He's on that. pace for, he's on pace for 22 and two thirds of a sack. So nice just to break it. So I was like, what's the record for tackles for loss? Which second is JJ um, Watt in 2014-2015. He had twenty nine a piece. You know who took uh, the first place and how many tackles for a loss? Who? So JJ Watt is second and third at twenty nine. JJ Watt is also first. He had thirty nine tackles for loss in twenty twelve. Oh
1: guys, a monster.
0: Absol- like I was just like, so I see JJ Watt three times at the top of the list. I'm like, okay, yeah, he was, you know, the best defensive player in football for a while. Yeah, I was like. 29, and I'm like Aaron Donald's on this list down here. Michael Strahan's on this list. Like all these guys are like 27, 28, and like JJ Watt 39. I was like, Good effing lord! That's Isn't insane. it crazy how good? Like
1: at one point, the Houston Texans had a top five wide receiver, the best pass rusher, and Deshaun Watson, and stunk. Yeah, didn't like ever make it to one, a Super 112,
0: Bowl. 1 You know, one, twelve games, and then go up 24 nothing on the Chiefs and get bounced.
1: Yeah, as you look at the cornerback group, like the other group that you would consider for Defensive Player of the Year, Trayvon Diggs is slowed down a little bit. He's still only at seven picks so far. Still leads the
0: league, but still only seven.
1: Uh, Kevin Byron has made a big push behind him. JC Jackson as well. They're both at five now. Um, I don't think he's going to be ahead enough to stand out big enough to be Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I think it will ultimately go to... A pass rusher who has some kind of breakout year, in my personal opinion. But
0: Yeah. Uh, offensive player of the year, both have the same guy, Cooper Cup. Gotta be it. He's um, gotta
1: be. If he's not, like, I would say Derrick Henry had a shot before Derrick Henry got hurt. I was like,
0: through through nine weeks, I almost put him down, but... Well. It would have
1: been freaking neck and neck. It would have been kind of fun to see who ended up getting this. Yeah. Because... Prior to Derrick Henry being out last week, he was at 937 yards. Cooper Cup right now is at 1,019 receiving yards. Yeah.
0: Derrick Henry still leads the league in rushing yards currently. um, Yeah. Despite still being out for a week. So, Cooper Cup had to be there. There was just no way around it. Like I said, I was trying not to duplicate all your picks. Obviously, you had a lot of good picks. But um, Coach of the Year, I have Sean Payton. I like your pick quite a bit, but like I said, I didn't want to have the same pick, pick for, everything for everything. So when I look at the same – and now obviously there's no coach of the year for the Raiders. I can't give it to their their interim head coach right, because he right. didn't coach the first five games. But them being 2-1 and one since firing Gruden I think is a huge up to him. Um, so I'd have to put his name in the ring. But Sean Payton, coming into the year, you have Jameis Winston – um, sitting at five, you know, sitting at four and two, you lose James Winston to 20 ACL. Trevor Simeon comes in. You still beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So you're sitting at five and three with two different quarterbacks who neither of them should really probably be starters in this league. At this point, Jameis was that borderline and Simeon was a definite no go as a starter. And somehow sitting at 5-3, and three, I think he's done a decent job in New Orleans so far.
1: I like your pick. I have some some problems with it, though. If if you don't go with Cliff Kingsbury, who, which is who I went with. That's who I put down. And then I
0: realized that we were going to have literally three same. of the same five. Yeah,
1: I would put two coaches ahead of Sean Payton on this list right now.
0: Who are the two that you—because I looked at every team and I was like, that team's not exceeding expectations. Who are your two? The Tennessee
1: Titans, so I'd put Mike Vrabel at number two.
0: I could see that. So if they finish
1: in the top two seeds, it wouldn't shock me if Mike Vrabel somehow wins it.
0: I would say now with Derrick Henry down, I think that for the end of the year, I'm looking through through nine games, through eight games, whatever they had played, I'm looking at Mike Vrabel preseason. This Mm -hmm. is a team that should have been in this spot. That's why I kind of didn't like maybe my I know a lot of people had him a fringe Super Bowl team. I still
1: think they've overperformed for what they were. My
0: coach of the year has always been expectation versus reality. And that was a team that even if they were overhyped was supposed to be good. So now end of the year, they finish as the top two seed in the AFC. hundred percent. He's in the he's in the running.
1: Now, this team, this coach, I think is a horrible coach, but I still think he should have been ahead of Sean Payton. And that is none other than Mike McCarthy.
0: Yeah, I could have seen it too. If if you had told me
1: that the Dallas Cowboys would be one of the Super Bowl contenders at the beginning of the year, I would have said no way. Yeah. So you can't tell me like using well, like I would have been like I
0: would have been like okay, but they always are, and it never works out. Right. That's what I would have told you. But
1: in this case, if you're doing expectations versus what's happened, you got to put Mike McCarthy up higher on that list. I yeah. think.
0: I could agree with you, but I think Cliff Kingsbury is the slam dunk pick. At yeah, this that point.
1: that's the easy one. I I do want to acknowledge that I did pre-fill out uh, some of this picks when we were when I wrote the script just to like to space it out and everything. I think for his MVP, I had Mike White. Mike
0: White was my MVP. Um, my defensive player of the year was Daniel Sorensen, which hundred percent the Chiefs uh, strong safety that by keeps- far the best Chiefs defensive player this year. <laughs> um, Offensive Player of the Year was—I don't even remember. I don't now. remember
1: who it was, but it
0: was funny. It was good. I I laughed because I opened it and I saw yours. And I was like, "That's a solid list." And I looked at oh, mine I, and I was I like, "I
1: think oh no, who the hell was it? I don't know. It doesn't matter." Um, coach of the Year—who did I have? I had Mike McCarthy there, I think, or no, it was
0: Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy that was one. my coach. Yeah, of the Matt year. Nagy was coach of the year. <laughs> and then Rookie of the Year was uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember He's been who I put for my tearing it up. Of the year in New York.
1: Yeah, just just an absolute monster. Um rookie of the year Jamar we, Chase. We matched again. This is this race is over. Yeah. Like this it's done. Like Jamar Chase is going to be a 1000-yard receiver this year. I don't think anyone's got a shot.
0: It it would Knock on wood. Pray doesn't happen. It would take an injury for him not to win it at this point.
1: Or Mac Jones to quite literally just start all of a sudden being a three touchdown a game. Like, I life. was like,
0: he's going to have to score. Because yes. he's played great. It's just he hasn't found the end zone as
1: He's, much. he's not a stat monster, and that's going to hurt him, ultimately. In that. When it comes
0: to awards, yes. But when it comes to winning with the Patriots, that no. never hurts you at all. But,
1: yeah, I, I would say Jamar's got that locked up. Yeah. So, that was fun. We'll probably try to do... Uh, one more three quarters, season three quarter awards. of the season awards. So uh, it's always fun to kind of see, and we'll at the end of the year we'll kind of compare and then kind of go from there. Yeah,
0: we well, we've got a Tim's been archiving all the scripts, so we'll look back and see what each award was at each quarter of the season, and then we'll see how how it all looks sitting side by side at the end of the year. Um, for a quick ad read here before we get into our hot and cold takes. Um, I didn't have it pulled up. Uh, Houston-based nice. company. Houston-based company, Exotic Pop, is known worldwide as the unique beverage boutique, offering rare and hard-to-find flavors of beverages and snacks that are sourced from all over the globe. Exotic Pop promotes creativity and individuality and a distinctly positive movement for pop culture as it draws legendary entertainers as well as soda connoisseurs together for a greater purpose. From hits like the Wu-Tang pineapple soda to rare snacks like Dunkaroo cereal, Exotic Pop is your one-stop shop for all the goods. Into our hot and cold, our hot takes and our cold takes this week. Do you want to start or do you want me to?
1: Uh, I can start. I I like mine. Bring it Um, home. I don't know why I wrote the AFC is wide open. I definitely meant to write the AFC North is wide open um i think there's a couple reasons behind that one the steelers are trending the right direction the browns have kind of flipped things around all right and we're back one more time here so browns have flipped things around pittsburgh's trending the right direction since kind of trending down baltimore's trending up right now but a
0: shaky up at best a shaky
1: up so everyone's kind of all over the place it's it's a wild division to watch it's If you had said at the beginning of the year this would be the best division football, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have said the AFC West would have been, or NFC West, sorry.
0: And I I think the AFC North probably would have been second or third, but again, I think the NFC West was 100% the the winner of that category through the preseason.
1: We said it earlier that Cincy last two weeks ago was first in the division, now they're last. That shows you how close it is. Um, I think the West is also wide open. The AFC West. The AFC West is Mm -hmm. also wide open. Five and three, five and three, five and four, five and four. Um, you said it in like one of the original takes of this one that yeah. we've we've had to restart. Like, we've three had times some, then. yeah, we've
0: had some mic issues again. I think we finally figured it out. I yeah, we're, we're both, both lighting
1: up for once, which is nice. But this is the first time in NFL history that all four teams have five wins through that, week nine. Yeah,
0: that one division has had four five win teams through week nine. That's which, crazy. Which is crazy because what the NFL has been around for quite a few years, now. over a hundred years. Now. Yeah but still i mean it is a crazy coincidence to have all teams sitting completely dead even right do now do you
1: ever see the guy that fills out the the score scoreboard or whatever he's got every possible nfl score that's possible and he checks them off as they happen
0: i haven't seen that at all oh, but you that haven't? sounds really fucking cool
1: it's like he he's like built this chart of every possible score like scoring 2 points 3 points 6 points 7 points and like done every possible outcome and like every once in a while he'll like put it out there and be like oh we got we knocked one off the chart today like that's awesome and it'll be like we haven't ever had a game finish at like nine and whatever nine which yeah. that one's
0: probably happened before but so
1: it's like super cool so if you haven't checked i i gotta find out who that is Is it
0: on tiktok or uh,
1: he might be on tiktok now but he started off like on
0: youtube youtube
1: and he did like i can't remember it was on one of those channels that does like history
0: stuff and i can't remember if we were on there or not when you were talking to me about the last we were talking to me about that tiktok guy that's like i don't even remember what it was now but like you mentioned it and then i saw him yesterday i think is he the yesterday or today i was like oh this is the guy that tim was talking about last week what what guy i don't even remember what guy i was talking about <sighs> i don't remember oh, okay was,
1: doesn't matter i love i'll like, think of it right after the mic tiktok nfl is my favorite um 100 for my hot take um Jordan Love didn't really play that bad in my mind. He didn't go out and lose the Packers this game, which is important, right? Like if he had gone out and thrown three interceptions, I'd be a lot more scared if I was a Packers fan, but the fact that he went and played okay makes me feel makes me feel pretty good about it, honestly.
0: Yeah, and as as a Packers fan, I know a lot of them were impatient. They're like, "This guy's not Brett Favre and Rodgers. I'm upset. He's a bust." The thing is, is put yourself in the shoes of this kid when you drafted him. This kid was possibly Aaron Rodgers' successor, so 24th overall pick in the draft, big arm, kind of a project guy, but a guy that could really have a ton of upside in this league. Right. Now you sit for 18 months. You don't start a single game, which is a solid possibility. You play behind Aaron Rodgers. That might happen. You don't play for 18 months. Your first game, you have six days' notice. You're going to Kansas City to play in one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL against a former league MVP, a former Super Bowl champ, and a Super Bowl MVP in Patrick Mahomes. Right. And you know that you're the quarterback on the other sideline. This kid could have went out there and played every bit of superhero ball they wanted, and he could have thrown three touchdowns, and he probably would have thrown four picks to boot. So for this kid to keep his ego in check and be like, this is the game plan, I'm going to run this game plan, and I'm going to do everything I can to win the game for us within Matt Lafleur's game plan that he has outlined for me. That's a huge win, in I, my opinion, as a Packers fan.
1: I think I think there's a lot of a lot of hate going. Like we have gotten to a point in the NFL where it's like. Seen a quarterback play one game, we know how good he is. Oh, you're like,
0: "Oh, Trevor Lawrence threw three picks, bust." Zach bust. Wilson should have went one.
1: Right? Yeah. It's like it's just so quick to jump to conclusions. This is the first game this dude's ever played in the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. we've got to give him a shot to like figure out if he's good or not. I I wasn't really that upset with the way he played, but that maybe I'm crazy for that. I mean, From a
0: play caller standpoint, I would have I. Sorry, Chiefs fans. I know you know this. Realistic Chiefs fans know this already, so it's not going to hurt their feelings. The unrealistic Chiefs fans in the bandwagons is going to hurt your feelings a little bit. This is a god-awful defense. I would have uncorked the cannons a little bit, to be honest. If I'm in a close game in the third quarter, I would have let Jordan Love air it out a couple times and really just be like, all right, kid, go nuts for a little bit. It's a close game. If it pays off, it does. If not, we're still only down two scores, whatever. Who cares? But, I mean, in the end of the day, he didn't lose the game. And I think – I mean, that's not all you can ask for, but it's definitely step one. Right. So.
1: Crazy part is he threw for more yards than Patrick Mahomes in that game. Nuts. And went one touchdown, one interception. So, I, I really – I don't – I mean – I don't hate it. I really I really don't. I think I can
0: see why Packers fans are upset because they've had 30 years of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. It's pretty easy to get impatient with
1: quarterbacks. Packers fans should be upset because they've had two generational talented quarterbacks and only have two Super Bowls to show two for it. Two rings
0: to show for it. I've always said that. We we've had that 20 is- years
1: of Tom Brady and we got 6 rings off of it. You guys have had 30 years of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and Two top list.
0: ten quarterbacks of all time have played in that jersey in the last thirty years, and you have, I think, a total of what three Super Bowl appearances and two rings, four appearances. Maybe who lost a Super Bowl? Are they both one and zero? I think. I, so. I thought somebody made it and lost. You might be right. They might both be one and zero. I don't think. I don't think they've lost a Super Bowl. I. The bottom line is the fact that they've never been able to get it done twice with one of those quarterbacks is insane the fact that you get have brett Favre and you're like we only won one ring you're like okay well you definitely should have won more than one but i guess things happen the fact that it's gonna happen again probably outside of it happening this year or maybe next year is twice as insane obviously it doubles the amount of insaneness that green bay fans must be going through because I think that's got to be the most frustrating spot to be in as an NFL fan. It's like being ever so close and just missing the last step. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say I'd rather be a Lions fan all that time. I'd like to win one ring or at least make a playoff appearance, <laughs> get a playoff win.
1: The 97 Packers lost the Super Bowl to the Denver Broncos. So Brett Favre is 1-1 one and, one and Aaron Rodgers is one know oh. Elway took down,
0: Elway took down Favre, Favre in the first of his two-peat. 97 and 98. Yep. So nice.
1: But yeah, sorry not to get us off topic there. But yeah, I would that's what would bother me and frustrate me if I was a a Packers fan. So
0: I can understand it. Um, Into my cold take for this week um, about the AFC North, back into it. um, I do believe that the Steelers are going to have a collapse of epic proportions. I think this is a team that is currently five and three. Um, And when I look at the, the rest of their season, they play the lions this week, which should in theory be an easier game, but every other game that they play down the stretch is a team that has a legitimate chance to make the playoffs. As of right now, they still have to match up against the Ravens twice they have the Browns left. They have another game against the Bengals. And then the Vikings, the Titans, are the two and the Chargers are the three games out of division that they also have to handle. Um We talked about Mike Tomlin not having a single losing season up to this point. I think this may be an eight nine year. Yeah. Right now.
1: I the one thing I will say, and we saw it with two older quarterbacks, Big Ben included in this, like the second half of the season. Their arm just looked like a pool noodle out there, and it just didn't didn't mesh well. I don't know if teams figured him out or what, but Drew Brees didn't look good the second half of the season, and Ben Roethlisberger didn't look good the second half of the season. And it would be shocking to me if this is a exception to that rule. Like if Big Ben balls out the second half, I mean, good on him, but I don't think that'll happen.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not gonna bet on it. That's for damn sure because. They were a, a couple flags away from losing to the Bears on Monday Night Football. Uh, they beat the Browns by five the week before, and they beat Geno Smith by three the week before that. Right. So you're looking at four or five plays from them being three and five at this point. Marginal
1: marginal wins against teams that, that should be bigger wins. So
0: yeah. I don't think that's crazy. The either. Browns one is, is definitely probably a game that should have been close, but a 15-10 win is never pretty. Yeah. So, um, And again... Eight and eight isn't a losing season, but eight and eight doesn't exist. At the end, eight eight and one exists, I guess. That's if true. If they slip a tie in there, they may have a shot at <laughs> they it. I hate ties. I hate it too. They it's shouldn't horrible. exist. They should not exist in the NFL. We need to. We need two two overtimes. At yes. Least. Um, my hot take. Um, now, I don't know. It's so John Gruden is gone. The Raiders are under new management as far as roster goes. So. I was doing a little bit of research. I was originally going to call for Mike Mayock's job because I felt like their draft philosophy and overall, his first move as GM was bringing Antonio Brown in that started the downward spiral after Pittsburgh. He got in that huge fight with Mayock at practice where he hurled a B hurled racist insults at Mayock and everything. He got cut signed with the Patriots. Obviously that was the downward spiral. So Mm -hmm. That's not a good look for Mayock. And then the draft philosophy hasn't been great either. I did a little bit of extra research. Gruden had final decision on all roster moves. Um, So now it's kind of been, it was like 51% John Gruden's in control. Mayock had 49. It's flipped. Mayock has the 51 kind of now, which could potentially for a guy that was a draft analyst at one point and is usually pretty knowledgeable come draft time in the offseason, could really flip a lot of these things around for them.
1: It would be wild if they just hit on their first-round pick this year for like the first time in a long time.
0: Yeah, because when you look at their draft history, they've had five first-round picks in the last three years, Yep, um, or six first-round picks in the last three years, actually. Um, 2019 was his first year as the GM. He was just hired December 31st, 2018. 2019 draft, they had three first-round picks. They took Klinel and Farrell at four. Obvious reach hasn't panned out well. Yep. Guys behind him have panned out well, which is just, you know, kind of the salt in the wound. Josh Jacobs, solid pick. You picked a Pro Bowl, but it is a first round running back. Right. Kind of the asterisk there. And Jonathan Abram hasn't looked terrible. But hasn't been great either. Hasn't been great. It, it is a, a lot. It's a late first rounder, so yeah, yeah. Um, kind of more of a scheme fit. The thing is, is that their late round picks have been solid. I will have to give Mike Mayock credit for that. So I'm kind of thinking that Gruden was like, "I control the first, I control the first two days. Mayock can take day three because they've nailed Max Crosby in the fourth round, who's been a, a defensive player of the year candidate, honestly, through nine games. Gruden feels like a kid." Like, that's really excited about the
1: first two picks, right? Like, he's like man, I love this Cleveland Farrell kid, and I love some random kid in
0: the second round. I love that kid from Alabama.
1: And then he's like, oh, man, you wanted me to watch how much film on these fucking random kids <laughs> yeah. from? And he's just like, nah, you guys decide <laughs> yeah, from he's here he's like, I'm out.
0: not dealing with these practice squad guys. So Max Crosby in the fourth, Foster Moreau's their second tight end behind Darren Waller. They got him in the fourth, and Hunter Renfro in the fifth. That's all 2019. So those, those are, are
1: solid picks. Three
0: solid guys on day three. You look at 2020, Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett, obviously both been cut from the team in the last two weeks,
1: we have di- differing opinions on the rugs pick. Yeah. You don't like it at all.
0: I n- I didn't like the rugs pick when it happened because I felt like he was the third or fourth best receiver. I definitely think he was third behind Lamb and Jefferson. Mm. I think Judy was a debate to be had. You d- be honest. I you- love Jerry Judy. Yeah, there we go. And now in the Raiders set, I would like Jerry Judy more. Now if it's just Kansas true. City. Yes, give me Henry Ruggs. Yeah. I want the speedster. If I have a quarterback that can get him the ball, I want the speedster. But Derek Carr's not the most powerful arm. I
1: runner. think outside of what, obviously, what has happened to Ruggs, I think up until that point, I don't think. I mean, you obviously, Justin Jefferson's a better wide receiver. Mm-hmm. CD Lamb's a better wide Like, that's not even an argument. I think Jerry Judy and him. It gets a little gray. But yeah, it wasn't the right pick. It's, it's the way. thing is,
0: is like Hollywood Brown has grown. Hollywood Brown's putting together a pro bowl season right now. We hadn't seen the growth at all from Ruggs. Right. So those two picks obviously both being cut. Um didn't didn't help at all. Brian Edwards landing in the third that year. Solid pickup. And John Simpson starts on their offensive line currently as well in the fourth round. So 2021, obviously a lot to be seen. Alex Leatherwood starts on the O line. Trevon Mooring, I believe, starts in. The- Actually, I believe he's a backup behind Jonathan Abram and Carl Joseph currently. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the second round. But Nate Hobbs, fifth-round corner, is currently their starter next to Casey Hayward.
1: And that's a GM that you want to keep around because, like, that's how you really build a team with the random the, the third-round starters. Steals. Yeah. You,
0: you do need to hit on a first-round pick every once in a while. You do, yeah. So, uh, drafting the three Alabama kids – I think this year would have looked a lot worse for them if Al- if Trayvon Mooring didn't fall to them because mm-hmm. I think safety was kind of a big need, and I had them addressing O-line in the second round. They just flipped it. Somehow Mooring slid to the second, and they took a second round, graded O-lineman in the first round.
1: Yeah, and I mean... Max Crosby has been huge, right? Yeah, like,
0: that landing Crosby in the fourth makes up for two of those first round picks honestly. Yeah. Having an
1: elite pass rusher and I I say elite loosely like we've seen him do it for It's a been season. 9 games. Yeah.
0: But He's looked really, really, good. really, really. I believe he was he was leading the league in pressures at one point.
1: You can you can drastically flip how your defense looks by adding a guy like a Max Crosby. Yeah, for sure. and it's
0: it's just when it, it's the potential of what they could have had. Right, when, when you look at which is obviously you're always going to look at that in right. retrospect. Hindsight is always 2020. 20. They could have had when you look at they had Clinton Farrell, Henry Ruggs. I, I the thing I will say
1: that. I get what you're saying. It's easy to look back and be like, Oh, why didn't you take this guy? At the time though, everyone said Cleveland Farrell was a reach. Everyone thought at the time that like it was I don't think just C D Lamb was in the conversation. It was mainly C. D. Lamb and Jerry Judy and they took they took rugs out of it, right? Like
0: it was a reach, but it wasn't like a huge it was more of a reach because of the talent at the position that was still there. That was
1: still there. So like those two picks i don't think it's unfair to look at and be like everyone said they were reaches it looking back on it it was clearly both of them were both reaches right mm-hmm. like you left i mean again leave justin jefferson out you left cd lamb on the board and who who everyone at the time thought he was wide receiver number one it was either him or judy that everyone was arguing about you mm-hmm. didn't take either one of them you reach for a guy who didn't pan out no one thought Cleveland, Cleveland Therrell was going to be like pick 28. They yeah, thought Cleveland that
0: was a late first rounder. Um, when you look at the guys that went after him, right. In the just all narrowed down to edge rushers and defensive tackles, Josh Allen, yep. the outside linebacker from Kentucky, obviously he's been a pro bowler since at Oliver's went after that Rashawn Gary. And then even later on pick 16, Brian Burns went in that's uh, Jeffrey Simmons was in that draft class. I know there was a
1: lot of hype around Josh Allen, um, Montez
0: Sweat, and Jerry Tillery, and L.J. Collier also went in the first round that year. Right. Well. So
1: imagine that. Imagine that team with Montez Sweat and Max Crosby on oh one my side God. of the God. or
0: even Ed Oliver in the middle. Yeah, to that defense with crazy
1: good pass rush, all of a sudden, hundred percent. Yeah, but yeah. So I think I mean going forward, it'll be interesting to see what Mayock's able to do. Because yeah, I love. I'm like, excited. Yeah, you can't you can't argue the value of some of those picks. They're, those are great pickups for sure. They've
0: they've nailed the value part. Now, if they could hit on the first rounder again, it kind of sucks. They're like, okay, well we're back to normal. The Cleo, the Khalil Mack trade is over. We're back to one first rounder a year. So it kind of sucks that you burned six first rounders in three years and probably hit one of them, maybe two.
1: Yeah, I look at this job going into the off season and I think it's a really attractive job.
0: As a head coach? As a head
1: coach. Like, you're looking at it and you're like, man, this team either made the playoffs or they were just outside looking in.
0: I I think it's attractive. I think the thing that could make it the top job versus the bottom job is how willing Mike Mayock's going to work with somebody. And I I
1: think he has very little leverage in in this situation. I
0: think he would be willing. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's like, no, I'm in control. But sometimes when you are the 49% and you get bullied around for three years, you're like, I'm in charge now. It can make a guy hard to work with. Okay, that's fair. So it's a possibility, but I don't think it will happen.
1: We have spent entirely way too much time. Talking about all this stuff. We are going to have to fly through the remaining stuff we have to talk about. I'll kill it. We are at an hour 25. So we'll we run have it.
0: 10 minutes. I'm going to run the table on pump the brakes. <laughs> okay. We're going to be fine. I really hope that you're able to do this. Rapid fire.
1: Um, okay. Pump the brakes. First headline I got for you. The Chiefs will sneak into the playoffs.
0: Absolutely nothing has... has... Happened to where I feel like I should believe this, but I'm going to because at the end of the day Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and maybe at the end of the year I'll have to start betting against him a little bit, but as of right now through nine games, I'm not going to flip on him yet. I think when it comes down to it, the Chiefs will win a close game over some of these other teams they are going to to push the playoffs
1: the reason that i wrote this is one we know what they've been in the past two they've looked horrible and they still have a shot yeah so i mean the th- fact
0: that they've been is as, as horrifically bad as they are and they're currently first or second maybe even third, third. i think they're third in that division third at five and four you know we're looking at the chargers lose this week and the raiders lose this week and they're at first just like that third. so um, I kind of
1: agree with you. I think they have a shot. It's it's wild, and it just takes. I don't know if if all of a sudden you know he takes the checkdowns for an entire week and just blows everybody up. I think they could be right back in this. Um, my next one that I got for you, Cooper Cup should be getting looks for MVP.
0: I almost threw him in as my MVP just because like I was like that's a really good point, but I didn't want to do what I've done the last two weeks. And spoil your pump the brakes (laughs) earlier on. steal my own headlines. So, I agree with this. Um, As ridiculous as it may seem. Now, again, never will it happen. I don't think he's going to get any looks for it. A receiver has never won the MVP trophy ever in the NFL. It's Uh never happened. Jerry Rice didn't even win it. But this is a guy that's touching Jerry Rice's records. He officially broke Jerry Rice's record of most yards through nine games in a season. Let's, let's say he
1: doubles his stats. He would end with 140 catches, 2,000
0: yards, 20 touchdowns. It is going to take him breaking single-season records, one if not two of Jerry Rice's records, for him to be put in the conversation because everyone's going to look at him and be like, but Stafford threw for 5,500 yards and 56 right. touchdowns. that's the problem. Yeah. So that's always the issue. He's got offensive player of the year locked up. 100%. He's
1: not getting enough love, is what I feel. I 100% agree. The with season you. he's having is crazy.
0: Anytime that your name touches Jerry Rice's in a record book, whether it's tied or like you fell short or you just broke it, you need to be in that MVP conversation. Yeah.
1: All right. Next one I've got is the Bills will lose, lose the AFC East.
0: This is really tough because while the Bills are trending down fast, the Patriots are trending up fast. Yeah. Um. so I do like this one a lot. I'm not going to jump ship on him yet. I yeah. do think if this is week 12, 13, I definitely might, but I think week 9, definitely enough time to ride the ship. I feel bad for the Jets who play the Bills this week. I'm feeling I I don't know Big who's gonna out. I don't know who's gonna start whether it's gonna be Mike White or Zach Wilson. But God, I feel so bad for either one of them that goes out there because I I'm thinking a Bills shutout this week.
1: I it's gonna be entertaining. I think the Patriots and Bills games have to be on your radar now because
0: 110.
1: It did. It was important for the Patriots to make the play. It might matter for the division now. It might be tiebreaker games in there.
0: Yeah, 100. percent
1: Next one I got for you, and I'm kind of proud of this one. Backup QB is more valuable than a middle-of-the-road running back. So
0: you're saying my backup quarterback is more important than me having a middle-of-the-road starting running back?
1: Yes, starting running back, but like a middle-of-the-road starting running back. Mm. Give me an example of a middle-of-the-road starting running back. Okay, yeah, sorry, I was trying to get that pulled up here. Like a a Philip Lindsay? So, no, I would say, I mean, Philip Lindsay, not this season, that's a bad example. But I think in general, I don't think that's a bad comp. Let me... Let me pull up like who's in the twenties for rushing right now.
0: I'm gonna try to guess.
1: So James Connor, Leonard Fournette, Chase Edmond, Tony Pollard, Juba Hubbard. Who I wouldn't even really. Uh, David Montgomery's been hurt. These are all these are these are good. Ex- James Connor's a perfect. Antonio perfect. Gibson's had a disappointing year.
0: Super. T- I'm so mad. I burned a first round pick on him in a fantasy draft.
1: Um, Melvin Gordon. Um, I think Melvin Gordon, James Connor. Are good examples of this. Um, Austin Eckler this year, who's also been God. somewhat disappointing. So mad about that one too. Um, let's. We're gonna go with those guys. Would you rather have a really good backup quarterback over those guys?
0: I think. I mean, obviously, I'd rather have a better than a middle of the road starting running back. Mm-hmm. But I think I would rather. Have, I'm gonna pump the brakes on this one. Wow. Because yeah, I don't know. I just. So you're saying right
1: now. You, I like running the ball a lot. You, though. you would take let's take the best guy out of that, which who I think would be James Connor. He's nineteenth in rushing this year. You're saying the game that Colt McCoy just had, that Mike White just had, that I'm trying to Trevor think, Simeon came Trevor in. Trevor Simeon came in and had you. You're saying that those three games are more are less valuable than what James Connor's adding to your team the entire season.
0: I just want you to say it like that out loud and then believe it. That's all. I do believe it. Okay. As a Ravens fan, it's easier for me because I know that if Lamar goes down, we are screwed. Right. (laughs) There is no backup quarterback that saves us.
1: That's why I think it's so valuable because we're seeing as seasons get longer, it's going to be a battle of, you know, nutrition and who can hang on and be the healthiest. I think having a guy who can randomly come in and win you like three or four games, like the Patriots that one year that Tom Brady was suspended for four games, Jimmy Garoppolo came in and went 3-0, and and then Jacoby Brissett snuck a game out for it. So you win all four of those games. Teddy Bridgewater for the Saints a couple years ago coming in when went Drew Brees five got... And 0. Went 5-0, and 0, right? Like, having a solid backup QB... Like, I would take Teddy Bridgewater as my backup over any of those guys as my running back right now.
0: Fair enough. All I day. see, like... As me as a GM, I would agree with you because I know I'd have a better running back than 19th in the league at that point.
1: Oh, you think? Oh, you're uh, I'm, the GM? I've drafted Josh Jacobs. Oh, That's what I'm talking about. I hate you. <laughs> There's no shot. <laughs> if any team ever hires you a GM, I'm rooting against them every week. Fair enough. Okay, the Jaguars are an underrated team.
0: Ah, This is just one of those things where I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment after they beat the Bills this last week. Right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with this, but it's not be it has basically nothing to do with the Bills. I think this is a team coming into this year that should have been a, a somewhat decent team. It rode yeah. a lot on Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, but great running back in in James Robinson. They have a couple decent receivers that were are looking to kind of break out. They had a solid. Not a one guy. Like, LaVisca Chennault's looking to break out. DJ Charks was trying to separate himself. Right. Marvin Jones was the safety net on top of it. Yeah. The offensive line wasn't great. But the defense, obviously, having Josh Allen, the star instead of Miles Jackson, the middle. Like, it was a team that, like, had some pieces. Like, this is a team that went to an AFC title game within the last six years.
1: So if you look at teams with two wins or less, you have the Jets, the Jags, the Dolphins, the Texans... The Washington Football Team and the Detroit Lions. I Those, cannot.
0: I cannot believe that the football team is part of that list. Right. That's crazy.
1: That's so I. Insane. I would put the Jags at number two. The only other team I think is better right now would be, would be the Washington Football Team. Roster wise, yeah, 100%. yeah, like that. That roster is a lot closer. Detroit's awful. Houston's awful. Miami has looked. I mean, for how much hype they had coming into the season, has looked pretty bad as well. Yeah. The Jets are the Jets. Like, I, I the Jets think, are the Jets. Like this team could win six games this year. I don't think that's crazy. For them to come out and win four more, Like I, I really don't think that's nuts. They're going to beat some random teams and win some games that you're like, man, I don't know how you're winning that. As
0: long as Urban Meyer is forced to take every team plane ride right home, I think they'll be okay.
1: So I think they beat the Texans, they beat the Jets, and I, they're going to win like a random one. So they're going to beat the Colts once and then like the 49ers or something. They're going to upset somebody. <laughs> I feel
0: so bad for my Niners fans out there. I don't know. I'm Jets. just picking
1: the Niners. You could put the Niners, the Colts, the Rams, the Titans, the Patriots, Patriots. They're going to win one of these random. Ass They'll games. slip it somehow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I genuinely think, like this team could win four games. Um, next, Russell Wilson should come back for a playoff push.
0: Now this is tough. Um,
1: I'll give you where they currently stand here in a moment. I
0: believe they're currently three and five, from what I remember, right. I got to look at the schedule now. Granted their division makes me say no right out the gate. Right. Playing behind the Rams and the Cardinals is never something that cuz right now you're not fighting for a division title. You're fighting for a wild card spot out the gate. And you do not want to be in a wild card race 9 weeks into the end the year. That's not where you want to sit at.
1: So they're 3 and 5. The Falcons hold the 7th wild card seat at 4 and 4. So they're one game outside of the wild card spot.
0: I would not. I don't know because they play the Packers and the Cardinals the next two weeks.
1: So and the Packers might not have Aaron Rodgers the next week. You know what I mean? So, so
0: it's. I, I really have to watch the quarterback situation for the Packers this week. And then if I lose that game, I don't. I don't know. It's
1: it's so close for me. If they
0: lose these two games, I'm like, no. There's because you're right. Then you're going. You're trying to make a playoff push at three and seven. That's.
1: But you say that right. So then you have Washington. Let's say they beat them. They beat the Niners. They so beat now the Texans. They beat the Texans. So now you're, what are you? You're five and seven. You're five and seven. You lose one to the Rams. You and then you win out. So let's say you beat the Bears, Lions, and you upset the Cardinals. Like nine wins or might get you in.
0: I was in like, the- but does nine wins get you in the? Are you saying the Falcons are going to win more than nine games? Are the Vikings going to win nine games?
1: Right. Like, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't think it's that crazy. I, I think I think you have to kind of go in for it. I mean, if you go OBJ, that means they are trying to go all in this yeah, year. 100%, so,
0: yeah, that'll definitely be a big factor. I guess we'll just have to see. As yeah, Carol
1: said. I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I don't. I think they should go for it. I, I'm saying full throttle on this one. I'm
0: curious to see how it plays out, but i I would I would probably pump the brakes as of right now just because I think if like say they make it say they he comes back quick and they win 10 games. they right. lock it in they're the sixth seed. I can't see them beating the five teams above them. I'm no. looking at the two teams that are division. I'm looking at the Bucs, the Cowboys, and the Packers. I'm like, you stand zero chance to win a playoff game.
1: You are worried about losing Russell Wilson at this point, so you're trying to do things that will make him happy. Missing I'm, the playoffs yeah, that's when...
0: actually a great thing. I'm doing whatever the hell. If Russell Wilson's like, I want to go, or, go for you it. go for buddy. it, right, right. I will take a 9-8 and eight playoff push and lose in the first round. That's fine with me. I would agree. If that is what Russell Wilson wants, that's what Russell Wilson gets.
1: So... We've got three minutes to preview our next three games, so we can get a minute a game um, on some of these. We've talked a ton about it, why it's important. Raiders Chiefs. This might be a tiebreaker for this division. Like this game is going to matter a lot. So if the Chiefs are legit, like want to come back, I think you got to win this game. And
0: this is a, this is a statement game for both teams. Correct. Obviously, a division game is always going to matter. A division game when you're both sitting at five and four or five and three is also going to matter a lot, but just for momentum sake and for bragging rights this is this is your probably your biggest rival in the division and this is two teams that are trying to trend in the right direction and i'm not gonna lie to you I, if i was a betting man i'm taking the raiders in this game
1: yeah this this will be intriguing either way whoever wins this game it's gonna matter um next game we got is browns and chargers uh Browns, you say you're legit without OBJ. You got to win this. If you're the Chargers, you beat the Eagles last week, but barely. Barely. So, this is another game that, you know, you want to come out and win. Even if you win a close
0: one, you're pretty happy with. Both teams looking to build consistency going forward. Yeah. Both key teams. Then, this is another game. Uh, I wouldn't say the Browns are out of the race for the AFC North. Obviously, it's wide open with every team still having five wins or more. Um, and obviously the Chargers, well in their division, this is a huge wild card implication game. Yes. Because yes. if, if either of these teams do not win their division, this this is this game decides who gets the six seed versus the seven, seven seed or who gets or- the seven versus missing the playoffs. Playoffs,
1: right. I agree um Seahawks Packers I mean we spent a lot of time talking about this game already it could be the battle of the backups which would be
0: wildly entertaining Geno Smith versus Jordan Love would be a great game it could be the return of the starters as well so
1: it could be the game that knocks the Seahawks out of playoff contention if the Seahawks win uh it could be the game that if the Packers win it maybe solidifies Jordan maybe Jordan Love plays better maybe Aaron Rodgers is back if it's Aaron Rodgers versus Geno Smith no one cares. This game's awful. But yeah. and um, if it's
0: Russell Wilson versus Jordan Love, it's pretty interesting. It's it still matters. interesting because Russ is coming off an injury. It's a little bit different than right. it's, it's a hand injury versus full season, just, Russ. you know, COVID versus, you know, with Aaron Rodgers. So, boom. We we spared 30 seconds. I'll so. take it. Uh, not a lot of time, obviously, for NBA this week. The whole Marquise Morris Joker situation is huge. I think it's hilarious that um, Marquise initiated the contact. Jokic did not have the right to to retaliate, but no. let's let's be fair. Overreaction by Markeef did start it. I also think it's funny that Joker apologized after the game, and now it's just Marcus Morris and Jokic's brothers on Twitter fighting about it. So it's it's the dumbest <laughs> thing in the world. I mean, I, I think it's funny that literally like twenty minutes after Joker was like. I lost my cool. It wasn't smart. I feel bad. I he apologize. Can't do that if you're going to be
1: the face of an NBA franchise, like you can't you can't lose your cool like that. You can't be ejected from those games. Like, I mean, that's going to cost Denver games down the road if you keep doing that kind of stuff. So,
0: hundred percent. So, I don't want to keep talking about it. I could keep going for another ten minutes, but yeah. we're doing good on time. I'm not going to keep. Hey, going. If we had another
1: twenty minutes, we could cover all the NBA stuff we wanted. But yeah,
0: but a lot of football to talk about. Obviously, this week. So. um that's going to do it for week nine. Be a very interesting uh, week 10 ahead of us. A couple of bye weeks, obviously, and a couple big playoff implication matchups with those three games we talked about. And a lot of interesting division games to boot. So, week 10 will be exciting as ever. It will be. And uh, probably upsets galore as it has been the last two weeks. So, that's going to do it for episode nine of the Own Show. Follow us on Twitter, ON underscore Burke, piss takes. Always the same username every week. Never changes. Nope. So if you ever forget, just scroll back to the last 30 seconds. Tim always keeps me honest on getting those out. So that's going to do it for the own Show. Make sure you guys listen to BDL. Listen to The Mansion. Listen to One of One. New stuff coming out every week. We had a last week all four drops. So we got plenty of content coming. And you know we'll be out on Wednesday or Thursday every week. Yeah. So we'll see you guys next week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. See you then.